Hi, I'm Dana Greenout, and you're listening to the Westfield Second Ward Family History Podcast. Well, Jana, you are an old timer in the ward, aren't you? Yeah, so old. <laughs> I love that we met as our houses were being built. Yeah, on the back lot here. We kind of met in the middle, didn't we? Uh huh. Yeah, before any of these houses behind us were there. And our our oldest two kids are like almost identical in age. Yeah, that's when we figured that out. We met you and said, hey, what kids do you have? And yeah. the ages all were matching yeah. up really well. And so we were like, wow, this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, and it has been. Our daughters are best friends. Right. And yeah, Nathan and Brandon grew up together. Yeah. Right. So fun. So we, we, quick mission update. Can you tell us anything about Nathan? Yes, he is doing so well remind us where he is he's in boston well the boston mission but he's living in connecticut right now mm -hmm. so uh, right now he's in the manchester area just outside manchester? of manchester that's where i grew up well i was in, in my state i was in the manchester state no way yeah I, I was actually in that in the nashua ward so crazy yeah that, that was funny because the it was the Manchester stake, and then it became the Nashua stake, and now it's the Manchester stake. I did so not I know remember. you were from Connecticut. Well, New Hampshire. Okay. Oh, is he, he in Manchester, Connecticut? Yes. Oh, wrong oh. Manchester. <laughs> yeah, Manchester, yeah. New Hampshire. His okay. mission doesn't have much. They have this teeny little piece of New Hampshire just at the bottom by okay. Boston. But, yeah, he's been mostly in Connecticut, and then he just got done in Cambridge. Oh, okay. Right outside of Boston, so where all the uh, Harvard, Ivy yeah, are. Mm -hmm, yeah, that was a fun experience. Now he's back in Connecticut and doing great. He's he's healthy, which is the biggest you know question mark with him. Is is he gonna stay healthy for a couple of years? But just had a CT scan. That was the surgeon's requirement for him to serve a mission. Was that one year in? They would do a CT just to make sure everything looked okay. So he just got that back. CT looks good. Because he's so, got, like, problems with his ribs or something? Oh, it's complicated. Is it kind of I the mean, same thing that Brett had with the collapse? Totally one? different. Totally oh. different. With Nathan, it's, uh, he has portal hypertension. His portal vein is one big clot, basically. So instead of one giant stream into his liver, he's got a whole bunch of little veins, and it's wreaked havoc in his body for a lot of years. Wow. But, but they fixed it. They did a major surgery right before his mission. I remember that. And yeah, the surgeons are angels. They did miraculous work, and apparently it's working because he's been out for a year now without any complaints. So, oh, good. yeah, he's doing so, great, yeah, loving he's the work. Almost exactly halfway, right? We are getting close. July 19th is his oh, one okay. year mark. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, Brandon's August for his year mark. So, yeah, they were, they were pretty part. close. He's really enjoying it, just thriving. Well, very cool. Very cool. Well, great. Has he picked up a Boston accent yet? I haven't, I haven't heard it yet. I lived there for four years. <laughs> yeah. No, not quite yet. We'll see what so. we get when he comes home. All right. Well, you didn't grow up in Boston. No. Nope. Where did you grow up? Um, well, that's an interesting question. I moved around a lot oh. as a child, but I landed in Pleasant Grove just in time for high school. So I kind of claim Pleasant Grove because oh, that's okay. where I went to high school. Oh. But. Yeah, definitely moved around a lot before that. In Utah or outside of Utah? So I was born in Utah at, when my parents were at BYU. So born at BYU, and then um, after a few years, my dad took his first job in Southern California. So we were in L.A. area oh. for a little while. But by the time I was in elementary school, we were back in Utah. He's an, uh, a mechanical engineer. He works for Boeing. Uh -huh. So he, he's an airplane guy. So he landed at Hill Air Force Base with Boeing. 
Uh, so oh, we really? lived in Layton for a while and oh. then moved up to Seattle where Boeing is. Right. And uh, then when I was in junior high school, he decided to come back to BYU and get a master's degree. So we came back when I was junior high school age and I went to junior high in Provo and then Pleasant Grove High School. Okay, so another Viking in the ward. Yes, go Vikings. <laughs> I seem to, I don't know, I'm finding all there the Vikings. There seem to be a lot of us. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. It's like a club. Well, it, it was just a great place to grow up. I don't know why we've all moved this way now, but closer to the freeway, easier access to stuff. I don't know. Lehigh must be the promised land. We love Lehigh. We definitely love it. And actually, both of my grandfathers went to Lehigh High School, so I feel like I'm coming home a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, my, oh, that's interesting. My heritage is Well, why don't you tell us two or three stories from your childhood? Well, let's see. It was kind of interesting moving around that much that I spent a lot of my childhood in and around BYU campus. So, I mean, I was born there, uh, but then when we came back and my dad was getting his master's at BYU, um, I was, you know, sixth grade, going into seventh grade, and my parents were, you know, pinching pennies just to do this, and so we ended up living in the dorms at BYU when I was a junior high schooler. Oh, so wow. we we stayed in Heritage Halls one summer when all of the uh -oh. freshmen were gone. And then uh, we ended up in Wymount Terrace. And so I spent a couple of years as a teenager living in Wymount Terrace. And then I, you know, got married to, and went to BYU and spent many more years in Wymount Terrace. So uh, lived there three times. Do you have a big times. family? Or is... Yeah, I was the oldest of eight. Wow. So just picture a, a dorm full of a bunch of little kids like that. <laughs> and, and a junior high schooler had lots of babysitting jobs. It was great. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so, so I, I grew up at BYU. I claim that as my home. I really do. Did you say eight brothers and sisters? Or so eight, eight of us total, and I'm the oldest. Right. And you have how many children? I have seven. So you're you're only one short. We're we're moving down. My grandmother had nine. My mother had eight. I had seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I guess I could expect Becca to have six. <laughs> I'm not sure how she feels about that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, I, I loved growing up in a big family. Loved yeah, that. Yeah. And we, um, you know, we moved around a lot, but we had a lot of fun and saw a lot of things. My parents liked to road trip, and it was a good time. So I wanted that again, you know, when I started my own family. I wanted to achieve a big family again. It was, it was a party, and I wanted another party. So <laughs> here we are. Well, cool. So um, any other memories from childhood? Any famous injuries? Um... You know, I, I was not um, one to break a lot of bones. In fact, I don't think I got very hurt because I didn't take very many risks, you know. Um, yeah, never broke a bone. Never even really got hurt. We just played kitties and played house. And we were a bunch of sisters. Uh, a lot of little girls. Yeah. Oh, wow. We ended up with one brother eventually, but seven girls and one, one little brother. Was he the last? No, he was, he was the uh, sixth Oh, okay. Six of eight. Yeah. So, little brother. We dressed him up in our doll clothes. And, you know, <laughs> he got tortured. But, <laughs> but nothing nothing too adventurous, no. <laughs> Any famous family vacation stories or anything? Ah, let's see. The Probably the biggest family vacation that we ever took was right before I graduated from high school. We did a church history tour, oh, so nice. we and it was a road trip. We drove the whole thing. So we started here, 
we drove, uh, you know, Independence and through Nauvoo and uh, hit Kirtland along the way. And we did New York. We got all the way back to New York. We oh, stayed nice. in New York City and we just saw all the sights along the way. In fact, we did that vacation with our very good friends, the Green Ouches. So oh. this is before Brent's mission. We road tripped together to see all the church wow. history sites. So, yeah, our families had been vacationing together for a while. We were good friends ever since we'd moved to Pleasant Grove where they oh, were. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Go to Disneyland together. And... <laughs> yeah, it's just a good thing. Wow. Well, very cool. Let's see here. So let's talk about the development of your faith. You grew up at BYU. You were seminary president. No. <laughs> I was never seminary president. Um, the development of my faith probably has a lot of foundation in just the people that uh, I learned from, which were my parents. And honestly, beyond them for six generations, we just have crazy pioneer heritage. Just, wow, you're a sixth generation? You know, I, I can look at this chart here on the wall. Nobody listening will be able to see this, but you can see that the Holy sixth generation awesome. are all filled in, and every one of those people at the sixth generation level was a member of the church. So these people rubbed shoulders with Joseph Smith. You know, they, they knew him, and it is literally every, every line of our family. We don't have a recent convert, which... Is, is great, and also I get jealous of people with recent converts because they have more to research uh, family history-wise, yeah, you know, to find temple work to do. But we, this heritage is the foundation of my faith. I, I give them all the credit, you know. They, I, I just trust them. And, uh, of course, my, my own conversion was a personal matter. But if we're talking about faith and foundations, I, I just have to give credit to my parents and grandparents and great-grandparents and <laughs> all of the people that, uh, you know, resulted in me being here now and knowing about the gospel. So are you related to, like, You'd like some Harley of them Pratt to be famous, huh? Or... You know, my pioneers were more of the humble type that didn't go down in the history books. Um, are they probably, in saints? <laughs> a few of them are. A few of them are. Actually, the more prominent pioneers in our tree are on Brent's side. So he descends from the Knight family. Oh, okay. And like Newell Knight? Like, yeah, he doesn't descend from Newell, but if we can scan, you can see. Yeah, over there on the side of the chart, uh, Joseph Knight and Polly, Polly Peck were the first Knights. So they were okay. Joseph Smith's friends, and they supported him, gave him money and paper to write the Book of Mormon pages on and drove, uh, you know, they let him use his wagon. In fact, it was the Knight's wagon that was used to bring the plates back when Joseph and Emma went to get them. So, so many cool stories wow. from the Nightline and he descends, Brent descends from Joseph and Polly. So they're the, they're the more famous ones, but lots of these people knew Joseph Smith and it's pretty cool. It's pretty very, cool very cool. Them. Wow, yeah, my dad's a convert, so I, I, I like to research the Bennett line a lot. It's a lot easier to to find stuff. But we're it's getting we're, we've done a lot of work now. It's getting a little bit harder. So yeah. All right. Well, what role has missionary service played in your life, or what role do you hope it plays in the future? Thank you. I love that question. I didn't serve a full time mission. In fact, I think I had a baby before I was old enough to serve a full-time Oh, really? Mission. Yeah, Nathan was born before I was 21. That is true. So, 
Yeah, it didn't serve a full-time mission. it used to be 21 mission. back in the day. Yeah, it used to be 21. Now, they, was the did you feel old because you're like, wow. <laughs> it was great, though. I Brent served a mission, and I got to write to him the whole time. So I, <laughs> I feel like uh, I was on my own mission to get my education while he was doing that. It, it is definitely our goal to serve a mission together someday or missions. I, I don't know. We've got lots of exciting ideas about what kinds of missions we would like to serve. So. Japan. Right now, Japan is one of them. Yeah. He feels very strongly that he will return to Japan in some form. And uh. so that would have to include me, you know, by now. So <laughs> I'm going to be his companion wherever the Lord sends him in the future. It would be very really cool. awesome. Very cool. And we already talked about uh, Nathan, so that's cool. Yeah. Well, what family relationships have had the most impact on your life? Um. Well, I, I think of all the family relationships, my, <laughs> the one that comes to my head often first is my grandfather. So uh, he, his name was Farrell Losey, and this guy was my, my mentor in family history. So he's the one that, I, I blame him for everything that I, I think am. Brent talked about Also, him, right? I have curly hair, and he had curly hair, and we just have some, you know, some fun things in common that make me connect to him. He's been gone for... Um, Oh, I don't know how many years. It's been a long time now. <laughs> At least 10, maybe 12 years. Um, but he's the one that got me got me going. So as a teenager, I had a car, and he had had a stroke. He was in a wheelchair, so he could only use half of his body. So he needed a ride whenever he went anywhere. So he would call me and say, could I have a ride to the family history library? And then I'd push his wheelchair in. Brent would come often with me because we were dating back then. And... Um, we would just go to the Family History Center and learn from him. And it just, it was my thing. I just loved it. Just fell in love with Family History and Brent Greenouch at the same time, you know, at BYU. <laughs> Helping my grandfather. <laughs> and Grandpa always loved Brent. So much love. In oh, his really? Family. Yes. And this was the kind of grandpa, he was the kind of patriarch in the family that just... You just, everyone loved him and listened to his counsel. You know, if he said something, you paid attention. And so when he told me that he loved Brent so much, I paid attention, you know. And <laughs> I knew that Grandpa was a big Brent fan, and maybe he has something to do with us getting together. But, yeah, Grandpa was just one of my greatest mentors. So that's a strong family connection that I can Well, that's cool. That, that's a nice segue because... Um, so I guess that is what... what. Yeah, had a lot to do with it. So I've always loved family history. Uh, as a kid, I remember watching my dad do some family history. He had the old PATH, um, just an ancient version of PATH on his uh, computer that I would play with as a very small kid. I would, you know, look around the pedigree chart and play with that program. So that goes back a long ways, and he occasionally would go to the family history library and take me, and so I could just kind of feel and see. Um, so I could give him credit for that. But it was Grandpa, when I was a teenager, that really wrapped his arm around me. I think he had a lot of faith in my ability somehow. I don't know why, but he would, like, say, hey, Jana, let's... Let's compile a family history book together. So this you know? is when you were going on like the microfilm and going through. Oh the yes, yeah. That's how I did my entire college degree. The really? internet was not so useful to us twenty years ago for genealogy, <laughs> and I'm only talking twenty years ago, right? right? right. 
So yeah, grandpa got me involved in some projects, taught me the old school way of doing things. And then eventually when I got to BYU myself, I decided I'm a major in this. Uh -huh. And I've been watching it develop over the last couple of decades into this beautiful new um, miraculous version of genealogy that does not involve microfilm readers very often. <laughs> we still use them sometimes. Okay. I still occasionally go really? to the library for something to access it that way. The, the church has digitized almost everything. Well, they have digitized everything in the vault. All of the records are, are now digital. But sometimes they're restricted for this or that copyright reason. And so you can't actually get them at home on the internet. You have to go to the library to do it. And there are a few films that I still use. Old do you actually records. have to go through the films? Uh, uh, restricted films I'll use sometimes. Like if you wanted to access... Uh, early temple data like you got pioneer ancestors and you want to see the records of them going to the temple for their ancestors or for themselves um, you have to show a temple recommend to do that and it's still the case that it's easier to just throw the film on the microfilm reader and look at it that way huh. so every once in a while I still look at film but mostly we're on the internet and more and more we're just at home and we're not even having to go to the library anymore. It's crazy different than when I was in school. Oh, I know. I, in most wards, I'm like the expert. But mm -hmm. by you far, are. you are so much better than Well, me. I'm kind of a strange <laughs> oddity. I know. There are not very many family history uh, professionals in the average neighborhood exactly. or ward. But there are more in the world than you might think. I mean, this is a growing field, professional genealogy. Um, there are Do you crazy know companies Parshall growing. By chance? Sorry, who? Artist Parshall. I don't. That doesn't ring She's a bell to me. kind of a professional genealogist okay. that really is into Mormon history too. So yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a growing field, and it's really exciting because technology is developing, and we've got DNA helping us in new ways. And, Are you good with DNA genealogy? Um, I'm like a kindergartner when it comes to DNA for genealogy research, but I'm learning. It's it's a new priority of mine because I'm going to be out of date in my own field if I don't jump on the bandwagon. So I am studying it currently, and you know, making sure I'm bringing myself up to speed. Uh, I'm taking courses. I'm a grad student at Strathclyde in, in Scotland, believe it or not, just trying to keep my own genealogy education up to date. They, they have a virtual program. Wow. So I get to earn my graduate degree from a university in Scotland in genealogy, which is crazy. There's no other genealogy graduate programs in the world. So. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. They're, they're forcing me to be up on DNA and take it to the next level. So. Because I have a DNA question. I got an email from a complete stranger, Matthew Clement Ralston, and we have a question as to which why He wasn't a polygamist. These are non-Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we have a question, and she thinks that my information is wrong. And I'm like, I don't know what to say. I don't <laughs> yeah, maybe DNA could help so, you. Yeah, so, um, and she asked, but my dad died... And I'm not really, I can still access his data. I think I have his password. Yeah, make sure you have his data. But then when I brush up and I know a few things, we can get together and talk about that. Yeah. There are some really awesome things that are happening with I DNA. have a blogging friend who's big into that. And she she said, oh, well, we should write up a contract. Because I have to do it for this class. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, anyway, that's very cool. Yeah, it is great. I love my job. I mean, I'm a full-time mom, day and night, overtime. You know, that is my real job. But I have this amazing dream side job that I do, which is professional genealogy. And it is just one of my favorite parts of life. I mean, it's like my hobby has become my job, and yeah. that's really lucky. I, yeah. I understand that I'm fortunate. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> really, really cool. So um, if you guys have not taken up Jana on her genealogy um, expertise, <laughs> you are missing out. Happy to so. help. Any ward member. And I know you also say you're really good with, like, English... England. Yeah, so that is my credential. I have a professional credential in England research. So that's um, my forte. But I like to know a little bit about, you know, research all over the world. My students at BYU come from all kinds of places. And so I have to have a working knowledge in a lot of places. But England is definitely my, yeah. my favorite. Well, and I had a con- I was telling you this this morning, but I'll share it with the ward too. I had a conversation with a Lutheran pastor um, in Arkansas that I'm, I'm friends with. And I have some German ancestry. And he said, oh, I'm sure they were Lutheran. <laughs> and when I was looking today at their thing, there is a, a Lutheran baptismal record. Of so they course. were baptized Lutheran. So, so I need to share that with them. Because, it's uh, because of all these other churches that we have records of our people. Thank <laughs> goodness. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. All right, well, what has nurtured your testimony most during your adult life? Nurture, you know, I think just um, service in the church and taking an opportunity to keep learning and studying, those things nurture my testimony best. You know, being in the scriptures or or just trying to magnify a calling and seeing the Lord's hand, um, I think that's probably my best answer to that question. I just watch miracles happen and that helps me to have more trust and faith in him. What do you love most about the Westfield Second Word? Oh, Bishop Greenouch. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of a joke. Not really. I really love the bishop. Like oh, totally yeah. love that guy. Um, <laughs> funny. That's not what I meant to say. I um I love the people in this ward. I think that's what I've loved about every ward I've ever been in. It's just that you get to know people because you're unified right, in a boundary. This is why I think the Lord organize, organizes wards and stakes, because you get to draw a little line and say, okay, we're going to focus our love right here, right now. <laughs> and so it just I just love the people here, my neighbors and all the people we get to meet that come in and out of this ward. And Well, and I think you're one of the most likable people in the world. That it was the nicest thing you could possibly have said. Thank you. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm likable. I think some people I probably annoy, you know, that weird genealogist. (laughs) She might be kind of irritating. (laughs) I don't think so. I think think everybody who knows Jana loves Jana. I think I said that on Brent's interview, too. Very nice of you. So so here, I'm going to change this question slightly. Besides genealogy, what's your favorite calling in the world? (laughs) Good, because genealogy is just like a life calling for me. No, God told me. He's like, yeah, you're just always going to do that one. So I get to do other callings, too. And I I love playing the piano. Oh, really? So I right now I have my favorite callings. I'm a ward choir pianist and a ward 
Temple Family History wow. Consultant. So I, I mean, maybe I'm married to the bishop, and maybe I told him what. No, I think those were my callings before he was the bishop, actually. So I can't even give him credit. I just, I already have my favorite callings. Well, I do know you. You were in the Young Women's for the while. For yes, a while. which I love. I always love um, being with the youth. Youth callings are really challenging because they're so time intensive and also because you're you're trying to lead and support really important people the the youth are just so important and they're just in this really important phase of life so i like being part of that um, well i loved it because since brent's been the bishop well this is like my fourth stint i think of being in family history which yeah, you're I'm, stuck I'm, here. I'm, uh -huh. I'm <laughs> you're not going anywhere. I don't need to go anywhere. In fact, I remember when Bishop Escher released me from family history, I was like, can Why? I say no? Yeah. <laughs> he can. was like, no, you, you, you can't. Can. You can always keep helping people with family history. <laughs> but uh, anyway, when you were in the Young Women's, it was so helpful because we had a big genealogy pusher in there. <laughs> so I, I, I just really appreciated your help. Because well, the good news is that's still happening because our leadership's been so awesome to call a lot of youth into family history callings. Yeah. We've got 10 or 12 uh, young men, young women right now that have that calling. And so, and I get to lead that committee, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I have all the fun. I'm <sighs> sorry for everyone else, but my callings are the best. <laughs> And how's the 1950 census going? Can you give us an update? It's completely indexed. Oh, it's uh, well, done? I should say the names are completely reviewed. So, we just um, need arbitrators. Yeah. Well, they they're what they're doing. This is different than any other indexing project. They've had computers index it first, right? And and this is the first time they've done that with yeah. artificial intelligence. Kind of fun to watch. So the computer picks out the names from the handwriting but it gives it to people next to say, did we get this right? Right. right. So that's what we've been doing is that's reviewing names. Easier. So much easier. And that is now 100% done. So the next step is to kind of review the page because these people come in families. And so somebody now has to go in and review and just make sure we have all the families batched together correct and all the detail off of the entire census page but wow yeah it's been a very very fun project I'm amazed that they're see. done already because i swear i just did new jersey and it was like i think i was the first person to index it so. yeah i i just got the email a couple days ago that they've they've finished 100 percent reviewing names so now they're just reviewing families in the pages wow. and a lot of them are becoming available on online so well, that's cool. It's funny because my parents are in those censuses. Oh, yeah. We've all got family that, that well, I should say, so some of us that are a little older maybe have family that we would know and recognize. Yeah. I have um, emails coming to me. They'll find somebody at Ancestry.com in the 1950 census, and they'll send me a message about it. So this week I got one about my grandpa, Farrell, my favorite guy. Uh -huh. um, he was 21 years old in 1950, and it says he's a missionary for the church. Oh, wow. So that was kind of of fun to see and my grandmother his his wife um she during the 1950 was married to her first husband who um left her well she left him that he cheated on her uh -oh. so they had one child and then the marriage was done uh -oh. and she is living with him in the 1950 census which is it's just it was interesting that one year it was that one whatever. and they probably only lived together for a few months she'd left him before the baby was born so they were hardly together for more than a year, and that was the moment that she was captured on the 1950 census. Oh, wow. 
and while my grandpa was a missionary. So it's fun. You never know what stories you're going to find on those census records until yeah. you go looking. It's kind of cool. Very, very cool. All right, do you have a least favorite calling? <sighs> well, I did, and then they got rid of Boy Scouts. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't love Boy Scouts because of the paperwork and the inefficiencies. I just, I could not handle the... The method. I love a lot of things about Boy Scouts. You know, the adventurous thing. What they were encouraging boys to do is usually really great. But logistically, it was my least favorite thing to participate <laughs> in. We have a couple Eagle Scouts for children, but I think they're going to be it. <laughs> so. Yeah, because Brandon got his Eagle, and then Wendy feels terrible that Preston... Didn't get really good to do Boy Scouts, yeah. but he wasn't really that into it either. Well, so. we have we have a different world now. There's different options, so yeah. I I think it was a great program, but um, yeah, not my favorite to be a leader in. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. All right, so now I get to ask you the hard question. Okay. If you could send one message a hundred years into the future for your posterity to hear, what would it be? <laughs> That's a great question. I think I have kind of a simple answer, and it might just be, I love you. You know, no. I we have lots of advice we could leave for our posterity, and we should. I think personal record keeping is very important. No, none none of us, none of us give it enough credit. Well, we talk about doing genealogy and finding our ancestors all the time, but we give very little credit to pre preserving our own history for future generations right. and it's not just for future generations it's for us too to to preserve and to recognize god's hand in our own life but i think i would want them to know that i love them just to feel that feeling because um it's a feeling that a lot of people don't feel and um i probably i talk to my students at byu a lot about this but I feel that way because I actually do love these people that don't exist yet, right? I have not met them yet. I don't know my future posterity, but I do love them because I'm conscious of my place in history, right? I've got all these ancestors that I do know and love, even though I didn't meet them, but I can learn about them and love them. And then I have this place in the middle where I, I need to pass that to the next group. And I've felt love for my ancestors. That means like everything to me. And so that's what I want my future descendants to feel for me. It's just, we love you. Like, we're on your team. We're all connected. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have any better sermon than that. <laughs> I'll, they can read it in my history that I'm writing. I'm trying to write. I'm doing my best to write. Uh, I, you know, I, when I was in high school, even junior high, I had to write in a journal for English. And then I kind of continued it in through, well, we called it middle school, but junior high. But I was just depressed all the time, and I hate to go back and read that. So uh, I, only, yeah. I, don't, I only write when I'm upset. I don't write when things are good. A lot of people do that. And, we, and that's okay, too, but we should probably take the time to remember to write the good things down. I, yeah. I feel like I've edited my own journals from the past. I've, like, ripped out full pages and said, yeah, I don't think they're going to need that. <laughs> future. Destroying records? <laughs> well, isn't that funny? Just um, not that I'm trying to hide anything, but that I do want them to see the good and the and the hard times, but yeah. especially the good times um, and the spiritual moments. Like I want them to know what testimony building 
events happened. I, these are all the things I wish my ancestors had left for me, right? <laughs> I want to write down what's really important, and hopefully they'll pick that up and read it. But if I just had one message, I just, I just want them to know I love them. <laughs> I, I pray for my future family. I pray for my kids every day, but I also pray for whoever they're going to marry. I don't even know who that is, but they probably need my prayers too. <laughs> cool. Well, is there anything that we missed? You've been on The Price is Right? Or the I, I've never been on that, but I have watched so many hours of it in my lifetime. <laughs> Love that show. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't think you've missed anything particularly noteworthy. All right. Well, Janet Greenouch, I really appreciate you for being here on the Ward Thanks, Family Podcast and appreciate your awesome uh, expertise. Oh, one other thing. You did mention that you taught a, it's a genealogy class at BYU, right? Yeah. So I'm on the adjunct faculty for the history department, and I am in charge of teaching the intro family history course, which is the best because it's a religion course. So I get to teach students how to do family history, kind of the basics of research, and then at the same time, why we do family history and some really cool like uh, church history, temple history kind of stuff. So it's just like a spirit of Elijah feast twice a week and it's wonderful. So you can either learn from her at BYU or you can So yeah, pop into Lehigh. my classroom. There's lots of classes <laughs> there too. Yeah, we have the Lehigh Family Search Center. They offer lots of Awesome and they do, do they teach DNA there, do you know? Oh, I haven't checked. I don't know if they got anybody check. over there doing that. That's the one thing that I, I feel like I should learn a little bit better. Okay. I don't want to do German family history. I, I like stick with the English. <laughs> <laughs> English is fun. So, all right. Thanks again, Janet. Okay, really appreciate it. Okay, thank you, Rick. Mm-hmm.